1: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery are purveyors of beautiful non-alcoholic beverages. Live on your own terms, be true to you, and drink what's good for your body and soul. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by the gorgeous Kate Morrison. Hey Kate, how are you? Hi Danny. Good thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on because Kate was one of the members of my three month challenge. Yes. And you were a bloody cracker, I tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gift of the She dad. loves to
1: share a story. So I thought you were the first person I asked to from the group. I thought If anyone can tell a story, it's Kate, because she really did like to share in the groups, which was awesome. Natural (laughs) progression. (laughs) Long time
0: listener, first time speaker.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. So you're coming up to day 100 sober uh, as of, is it tomorrow? Not tomorrow, the next day. So in two days time. Yeah. Monday. So 98 days. Yes. 98 days. Wow. Well done. Congratulations (laughs) to you. Did you think you could have done it?
0: Um, I thought about you asking me that question. I, the Kate at the end of last year, yes, I did think she could do it. The Kate from this time last year, absolutely no way known. There, I, I I thought that I'd definitely have the capability of doing an eight-week stint, um, although at the time I've had legitimately decided not to, given I was one of those winos that did homeschooling and celebrated with wine and hated lockdown and was all anti-government and all that stuff. So I decided that I was going to drink my way through it. And that was a conscious choice in hindsight. Um, And one I'm probably glad I made in the end because I think that was half of what, once we were out of lockdown, you know, and it got towards the end of the year, I thought, oh, this is really going south here you've never been very good at drinking and now it's getting a hell of a lot worse. And, um, I I'll never, I'll never forget it. I was so clear. I was at the gym and I'm a mad F45, er which is really high intensity training that I did every day while I was doing a bottle of wine every night. And that's what I'll admit to. Um, and I was there it's the morning, it was 6am and it's training with a really good gym buddy and she's a wino. And, uh, she said, Oh, my girlfriend's been listening to this podcast. And she's decided she's not going to drink again. And she said, oh, I just really want to cut down. I'd never not drink again. And I didn't even respond. We're in the middle of a training. I just took it in. And about a week later, I was driving in my car and I thought, podcast, quitting, drinking. All right. And I'd never been a podcast listener. I think I'd listened to a couple. I really, really hadn't been in that craze. And I literally put in alcohol quitting. And your podcast was the first one that came up. Oh, cool. And I was a week into my new job, which was amazing and, and I, which meant I could be on the road a little bit. And I went, I'm just going to listen to this. And I have just started and then all of a sudden I was making plans to take a year off and that was all just from listening to your podcast and listening to people's stories. And wow! then you launched, you, you decided to launch a challenge and, you know, I mean, if anyone can binge podcasts, it's me um good at binging (laughs) I'm very good at binging yeah uh trait (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah I'm good when I'm addicted to something um (laughs) and then you launched the challenge and I thought oh I don't want to do three months I'm doing 12 I'd committed to 12 and I thought no I really should commit to this three months because I'd learned a lot about online support through your podcast then and I thought no I really should do it and and so I did. And it's been such a great platform to start from. So thank you, Danny, so much for this, what you're doing and what you're trying to do out there. And you're thank awesome. you to, while I'm here, <laughs> thank you to Lyndall as well, who's in our group and is, I said to her the other day, you're a bit of a celeb on Danny's podcast. Because Isn't she? People talk about her story. She's had a huge impact and she's, yeah. her her generosity in offering her time to everyone in the group um, is just so valuable and appreciated, yeah. and the group yeah. as well. The group, you know, have just been so supportive and fantastic. It's it's it, the challenge is over, but the group continues, and we. I, I just I couldn't imagine this time last year that I'd be here where
1: I am. Yeah, it's so great. I jumped into the Facebook yesterday. So for all of you that are listening, the once we got to the end of the twelve months, um, everyone decided within the group to stay you know in the we we set up a facebook group so everyone yep. was in there encouraging each other all the time and sharing stories and photos kate would send awesome videos from like weddings she was at <laughs> <laughs> reporting live from events with lots of drunk
0: people and i was just <laughs> sober one <laughs> yeah.
1: it was awesome and so i'm so stoked firstly that that it worked that everyone connected with each other <sighs> and i just feel like everyone's formed these beautiful this sort of beautiful friendship and we have Even the ones that were really quite shy at the start sort of came out and, you know, would share and it was really awesome. And I'm so glad that everyone's staying in that Facebook group and keeping it going and it's really cool. It had way more of an impact than I thought it would. Um, I knew online, I knew
0: the world of online was going to be my crutch, my my Mm. version of AA. I was most certainly, you know, one of those what they call grey area drinkers. Yeah. One that no one would ever Except that I would need to go to AA. You know, when you're drinking over a bottle of wine every night, um, and you're blacking out, and you're drinking and dialing, and you're looking at your phone the next morning thinking, "What the hell happened?" And I'm a single mother. It's horrible. And it, that was, and and you know, it wasn't like the kids would be up. And um, sometimes they were. My oldest is certainly seen the drunk side of me, and I never want him to say that again. Mm. Um, and but the, the scary, the scary part was, you know, the the blackouts, but. I was, and I've, again, podcast nerd, they're, they're called walking, talking blackouts. It's actually a clinical term for them. Is it? And yeah, m- most of the time it happens to older, like 60 year olds, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and it's your brain not forming memories. It's very scary if you think about it. And so, and people would say to me, oh, but you were fine. And I'm thinking, fuck, I wasn't fine. I don't remember. And I don't know. And even if I hadn't had a bottle. So, you know, so, so for that, not being, you know, that, that's, that's a problem. Um, and I always think, you know, my grandma is 94. She's, and she's amazing. She's, really, she's been a real tea her whole life. And her health is incredible. And I kept thinking, if I've got her genes, I could live too long. And if I'm already losing my memory, I mean, we're all going to die one day. How do you want to die? Mm. Do you want to die with dementia? Because mm. I don't. No, me she's either. sharp. She's sharp. And I did a bit of reading and this was, and this was after I'd stopped drinking, you know, dementia, alcohol, the the memory loss that you get from alcoholism and the damage that's done to your prefrontal cortex and all those parts. And I'm not going to get too into that because it's certainly not my specialty, but that's all reversible until it's not. And so that's where Mm. for someone that didn't have a chronic alcohol problem my whole life, definitely the last few years on and off, definitely more in my thirties. I was like, I don't want to have that for my whole life. So Knowing the social world was out there and only learning about that through your podcast, the group just set me up for a win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Really. Isn't it scary that, that was? I was definitely at that place where you were as well of this, that yeah. definitely a grey area drinker, which I only learnt that term in the group. Someone shared a, a TED talk about that it was awesome. I'll, yeah. put the, I'll put the links of that in this yeah, podcast notes. But it's basically someone that doesn't really qualify for AA. There's still a problem there. You can't quite get control of it. Mm. And you know, it's definitely not a daily drinker as such, but yeah, that's
0: right. And and it can can be a daily drinker. It depends. Like this is the thing I was, I mean, I was planning my life around when I was going to have a drink Mm. and I'm not the only person that does that. Yep. Yeah. Oh God! So, you yeah. know, and, and I would never drink in the morning and I, and I was, I was a really fit person and I, I've, you know, and I'll probably mention now something I've certainly shared with you, but when you had Nathan Kay on, um, he was one of the first podcasts that I listened to and he was talking about his commitment to health and, you know, his, his discipline, his martial arts and he was a very fit person and, and you know, but his his love of the arts Um, you know you're always in a position in the arts at some point or certainly when you know uh, the last 30 years where you're exposed to so many as you know with ash like drinking and drugs and all that stuff um, and yourself but he would say it was such a it was such a contrast because he was so disciplined yet he would drink and that's exactly what I was like my I I almost called myself a drunkorexic which is another term Um, (laughs) I'd save my calories I ate healthy I was known as the gym one I you know but it's but I still had this addiction to the end of the day wine because I thought it gave me energy to get through the back part of the day.
1: Yeah. It's so true. I remember feeling (laughs) that way too, like being so, you know, really healthy. I ate really well. I did a lot of exercise, probably not to your level, but you know, get up and go for a run in the morning, go to the gym and and do those things if I was feeling good. Yeah. And that's what I hate about it. I'd be like, who, why?
0: Yeah. And (laughs) I I I let myself down like this. Well, exactly. And I was constantly, I mean, even on the days where I thought I was really sharp and really fresh because I'd only had three wines or whatever it might be or, and I never stayed up. I never drank after dinner ever unless it was a party or the weekend where you were binging or I was binging, but I never stayed up. I was always asleep and I'd always, I classic 2am, actually thought I had insomnia. 2am anxiety thing, anxiety. And I used to I anxiety, and also, and I used to describe it to friends. I'd say, I feel like my brain is has is hanging on a washing line with two pegs,
1: mm.
0: like just just there, and I couldn't pull it in, and I couldn't pull it down, and every yeah. day, and, and I generally, even if I went back to sleep, I'd still try and be fresh the next day because mind over matter. But um, I was constantly in a state of hangover, and, and I'd say, oh, I'm just tired. Mm. You're not tired. <laughs> You're hungover. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so it really, you know, that's gray area drinking and it's this, and it's the norm. And the reason there's a term for it now is because it's, it's the system. It's Mm. the norm. We're so normal. It's become so normalized to drink. Mm. Um, And I'm sure anyone who is listening and has gone through however many 30, 60, 90 days, seven years, whatever it may be. um, It's not like quitting smoking there's no great pat on the back. There's a lot of, Oh, well done. You're amazing. I'm so proud of you. Um, I have a friend who hasn't had a drink for 10 years and, and, uh, they said, you know, no one, no one's asked me how it's been or what it's like. They've all just asked me why. Mm. And, you know, and, and I have certainly found, um, the phone doesn't ring as much. You know, you're not invited to as many places, which is fine. And I actually take it as a respectful thing from my close friends, because I mm. think they're trying to work out how to work the new Kate that doesn't drink either. Because mm. I was, that was me. Kate, wine. You want, you need to like, and and I was a real confidant to people, and I still am. Mm. That people needed to have a chat, come and see me, and I'd be the first one to pour them a wine. Like, and so not only am I trying to work out my new life. Um, i suppose in a way but they're trying to work out who this kate is too and that's okay because it's been a lifelong you know thing the system sets it up and and yeah so when you jump out of the system it's you know it really is quite it's kind of like the matrix it's strange you you're not only observing your thoughts as you always talk about but you're observing others it's, it's like you're in your own little world with your own little secret.
1: How is the new Kate? So how, how are you navigating <laughs> the new Kate? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, she's good. I really am. You know, I, I won't go into it for privacy reasons, but I'm obviously, as you know, going through a hell of a lot in my personal life, um, which, and look, you know what, everyone's always got a lot going on in their personal life. That's the way it is. I, you know, I've got an amazing job. I have two beautiful boys. Um, I'm a single mum. Um, and... I just, I, and, and as I've probably told you before, when I got the job, I, 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 I used to believe that things happened for a reason when I was younger, um, probably up until I think my mid-20s. I, really, I, I could be a bit woo-woo back then. Love it. And, <laughs> and then life happened and I really started to think nothing happens for a reason. Life's just fucking hard. Life's just rugged and I still and this was you know my mid-20s and I was still doing I was enjoying life but I was also accepting that it's just hard and I lost a bit of that faith I suppose and um uh then and I went I've I've had a very big few years I think anyone I think for everyone 35 to 45 is big and you know 42 and um my youngest son was diagnosed with autism about four years ago so which you know is um feel like Seinfeld there's nothing wrong with that no <laughs> uh, I, I made the decision at the time to step away from my career sorry me and my ex-husband made the decision that he'd work and I'd stay home and and get into his therapy appointments and get him you know early interventions really key I certainly had my moments for a couple of days where you know you just have to accept that this is the way it is and and you it's just the, it's actually the fear of the unknown you wouldn't change them I Mac Mac certainly um I've worked in the industry now and I've seen a lot of different children and with his schools that he's gone to I'm very there's parents out there that do it a lot tougher than what I've done because he has really developed he's he's the most amazing bloody kid we always say he's actually the happiest in the family so Mm. so as much as I had my couple of days of crying in the shower and all of that I got up dusted myself and got on with it and thought well I'm going to learn everything I can about this world Mm. because I like to know things and um but I still had to step away from my career for that and that was taking a massive part of what was important to me away from me. Mm. So it was a full on few years and I really had lost that whole, everything happens for a reason. And I was like, mm. you get what you get and you don't get upset. And then last year, I, you know, we went, all went through lockdown and the weird was the world was weird and everything was weird. And i had been separated for a, a bit at this point. And this job just came up and Mac had started school, I should say. Um, he started school, but then it was locked down. So it was a bit bittersweet, but long and short of it is um, I got him to mainstream school and he's amazing. And he's an exceptional kid and he's really developed and he's, he, I, I, you know, he'll never alter, there's no cure for autism I and mean, you don't want there to be because <laughs> he sees the world is so much better than the way that so many people see it. But mm. I've managed to give him some tools. That means he's going to be able to, you know, um, simulate <laughs> mm. if you mm. like. So yeah, he's great. And, so things were sort of starting to come out of the woods for me. And thought, God, I just would do anything to have a full-time job and do what I used to do in my executive world that I used to live in. And five years out for a woman is big in business. I don't care what anyone says. And I'd worked for myself and I'd done lots of little things and I'd reinvented myself a thousand times because I always loved to work. And uh, this job just came out of nowhere. And they offered it to me and it was amazing and I accepted it. And that was, I think, a lot of the springboard for me to also look at um, alcohol-free lifestyle. Not that I'm working in an alcohol-free environment um, as such, but a week into it I was like, oh, this is amazing. Something's happened to me. Someone, an angel's jumped in my path and someone's thrown me a, a, a big bone here. Mm-hmm. How do you use it? This could be my way back to doing and living the life that I was wanting to live not the one I was settling for. I went, fuck it, you ought to change something. So I changed one thing. And I can honestly say, you know, nearly 100 days down the track, it changed everything. And that's how the new code is, just loving life. And if you ever told me that I'd be making time to meditate every bloody day, I would have laughed at you. It was not how my brain worked. I'm on the go. I'm a coffee girl. I do everything. I've got lists coming out of my ears. It's a joke amongst my friends. Have you scheduled in your rest time, Kate? You know, I'm a real go-getter and to think that I'd be stopping and teaching myself, you know, to be present and observe and all of that and journaling, you know, what a wank I used to think. So <laughs> all those things, that mm-hmm. now the practice, but it's so true. You have, to, you have to believe that there's something, well, I think everyone is different and everyone's path's different, but there's a, I've got my faith back. I do believe things happen for a reason now. Between that angel jumping in my path and now, and I look back and I'm like, there was actually a heap of angels the whole time. You just, you weren't looking for them. You weren't recognising them. And, um, and so, you know, it, it's nice to think that there is a higher, there's, a, there's something bigger than us, whether it's mm. mother nature or God or whatever floats your boat. Um, you know or Wayne Dyer who was real <laughs> you know you become who is you, God yeah who is God totally <laughs> um, you do become your thoughts and manifesting is a thing and it does work and I used to be like that and that's the thing I
1: think I became a drinker to become not like that that I think we, as I've talked about this before in the podcast, as life goes on and we get all the responsibilities and the kids and the job and yeah. husband or wife, whatever it is, um, you you do start to lose little parts of yourself. Yeah, it's just what happens because we yeah. we're always putting, you know, it so that, that we want to, you know, do a good job of being a mum or be do a good job of being a wife or a husband, and. Yeah. I guess in what happens with that often is that we do lose those little parts of ourselves, and yeah, it's like we disconnect in such a way that the only way we can kind of feel goodness is through getting drunk.
0: That's right, because it's a form of connection, that's what that's how people see it, yeah. and um, and we do, we've got so much on our plate, and and it's been happening, you know, certainly since my mum was. Um, I think, you know, our parents were sort of in that 20s onwards, like this whole wine. Like it was the 70s where long lunches came in. You know, it was, this, mm. it was all that when drinking was really glamorous and having a hangover was cool. Like this started way before we were doing it. Um, before that, it was expensive to drink and it was a special occasion and all that sort of stuff. Um, and over time, and Emma Murray is amazing. She's the mindfulness expert. Um, she said, we take in more information in one day than they did in a year, 80 years ago.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: You think about it like that, that's fucking scary. And you wonder why people are looking to escape. So I do think that it's been brewing for a while. And, you know, my mum even says I didn't really drink till you guys were nine or ten. Well, my oldest is nine and a half and I'm deciding not to drink.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. um, and I think it was hard for their era, um, Because I think women of the baby boomers era, it was a real struggle. Do I work? Do I be a stay-at-home mum, support my husband, all that stuff? And I think in between the stay-at-home mums and the working part-time mums and all of that, for some parts of society and certainly my mum's uh, part of society, they all got together to drink. Yeah. Um, And they loved it. And to be honest, yeah, I remember some really shitty times and I remember some really good times from it. Mm. I mean, I know that she won't mind me saying this because my mum knows how much I love her, and my mum's amazing, and I have more respect and uh, gratitude for her than anyone in my life. Um, but me, Dad. Uh, but she was part of a club called the White Wine Club. They had <laughs> polos with embroidery and T-shirts, and they mm-hmm. played tennis. And it was the White Wine Club. And um, <laughs> and I was laughing about it with a friend last night. I said. The white wine club actually still exists in theory. It's just now we call it book club. <laughs> yeah. Back then they called that.
1: And you know what? They owned it because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a bad thing back then. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like if it's no. just some women getting together and having a wine, it's when that that woman goes home and keeps on drinking and then does it on her own the next night, I guess, or is yeah. blacking out. Not you know well, not and I think it's
0: it's also the fact that these people are getting together and they don't get together unless they have a drink mm. yeah, that's true too, and I think that's sort of certainly where I was at, like I don't get me wrong my you know we talk you know you say you do do you sort of lose your friend your friends when you start stop drinking um, I certainly haven't not my good friends, um probably acquaintances that I saw a hell of a lot more of because I'd be there,
1: yeah. I'd be there
0: on the Wednesday night having a drink after school you know, yep. or I'd, I'd be where it like that. And it's not that they, you know, it's, there's no bad um, energy there. It's just, it's just the way that things work out. But mm. when I was talking about observing things before, I certainly observed people catching up saying, Oh, we just, we, we want to catch up. But if you took the alcohol out of that, you probably wouldn't catch up as much. Mm. And when you did, it'd probably be a lot more
1: deep, <laughs> Yeah, That's the strange thing. We think that alcohol is such a social lubricant and that it helps us go deep with people, but I just go so much deeper with people now that I yeah. don't
0: drink. Yeah, and just the small talk thing—so funny. And I and I remember hearing about this mm. in the podcast, thinking, "No, I, I love small talk." This, that, and the other. And yeah, it is. It's funny. It, I mean, look for for all intents and purposes, any, anyone after three drinks, it's quite funny looking on now because I would have been leading the charge. Yeah, um, very much. I would have been one of the first tipsy. Uh, and it is funny how quickly people do get pissed and they don't think they are. And it's also funny how quickly they start repeating themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they're not, you know, falling down. They're just having a good time. And they think they're really interesting. And I'm thinking, oh, I've heard this one. And I shared <laughs> that with my stepmother, uh, who is a wonderful woman and has been a pretty avid <laughs> as a drink but she probably does it to be polite and she's very woo-woo she's pretty happy on woo-woo now um <laughs> we're well, back to woo-woo <laughs> and I was telling her that and she's like ah oh, now you know what it's like to be on the other end of it repeating themselves <laughs> yeah meaning you were the fucking worst Kate
1: <laughs> I <laughs> so know, I say I was all so all with bad like that itself,
0: you know I feel like I should sit there listening to the story over and over again as penance
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I've thought that myself too. I thought, nah, I'm going to sit here and wear this because I know yeah. <laughs> I used to repeat myself over and over because my friends have told me. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. To, just going back to uh, earlier on where you said you had the the 2 a.m. 2 a. anxiety yeah. thing going on. Wow. When you've quit in the first few weeks, were you one of the ones in the group that had trouble sleeping initially? No, I wasn't. Uh, you weren't. At all. And I did know, I, I had a
0: feeling that would be the case because. Um, When I, the the year I was turning 40, I had already started thinking I'm drinking too much. This is ridiculous. So I did an eight week challenge um, and I didn't drink for those eight weeks. And after that, I actually tried to continue that sort of, you know, I was, I was drinking uh, less than what I was. Um, I was trying to have, I used to say, I don't drink on W days. No, I only drink on W days, Wednesday and the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, and during that eight week period, it, what, what kept me, what, what, um, sort of spurred me on to keep having those alcohol free days was how well I slept. Mm. Like I just slept so well. And the, the day that I had my last drink on January the 3rd, January, t- to be fair, the the week, the sort of four weeks leading up to that, I really didn't drink much when I was drinking, but it was still every day. But yeah, so as of January the 4th, <laughs> I've slept like a 16 year old that's awesome sleep as well. and uh, you know magnesium and i did do a bit of melatonin
1: to begin with and i still do if i'm a bit rolled up everyone was quite different where some yeah. people were struggling to sleep that's why we sort of suggest everyone have the melatonin so that's mm. the same too for anyone listening if they're they're going in and finding themselves not sleeping we yeah. kind of suggest to have some melatonin and some magnesium yep that can really help it does um, yeah. And did you feel a bit off in the first few weeks? Or? Um, yeah.
0: Look, the first, I was really lucky. I think that I knew um, t- timing's everything for some people. Um, and because I started on a week where there was a lot of change in my life, I was pulling myself out of a route. I wasn't in my normal routine. Yeah, And I still, I still wonder how I would have gone if I was in the same routine I was this time last year. Mm. I've certainly watched the amazing people in our group being the same routine and do it. Yep. So, um, I know it's possible, but so I was a bit lucky in that first week. The hardest week for me was week three, week three and week four were really hard. And I think I said to, in one zoom call, I was struggling and I went and had a bath and this was in my old house where the bath wasn't even for an adult.
1: <laughs> so I'm in the pushed up there. <laughs> it's more like the crying game than anything relaxing. But it's um... just like your ass is in there and the rest is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like five foot eight. Just. <laughs> um, but I did. Oh, tell I did us about that night because that was really inspiring for everyone else in the group too. Where that was one night where you could have caved.
0: Oh yeah, I could have caved. I I just I, I could have. I, and I really, I was sitting there going, you know, just what are you going to do and. So I rang, I put something on the group, I think, and then Fee rang me. So Fee, for listeners, is my sober wife. Uh,
1: going to have a Fee, sober wife. Lyndall's mine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fee, and I, Fee's been, Fee did the challenge with me and she taught me through it and she said to me, she said, you've got to remember, because I am. I, regardless of all of my issues that I've sort of talked about, I am very much a glass half full person and, and I was going through a lot and she said, your body is going, Hey, we're going through a lot here. So I, you know, what about me? Um, you've stopped drinking. You're going through all of this. You've got this new job, you know, and I was, I think I was actually really sad that day. I was sad about things. And she said, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to grieve. You're allowed to go through what you're going through, but you've got to acknowledge it. You can't just think one foot in front of in front of the other. And, you know, and I was in the bath and I was talking to her at this point. <laughs> so and I Your did. ass was in the bath. And so I accept, yeah, my ass was in the bath. That's right. <laughs> and so I, I did, I accepted that I just had to be sad that night and that I, that I had to have bad days because mm. drinking for me was always a way of, even in the morning, if something was really, really wrong or if I really was struggling, I'd be like, oh, it'll be all right at five. Mm. And I used to think of silly things to justify that. Like Frank Sinatra was really renowned for saying, I feel sorry for people that drink because the best they feel all day is in the morning. And now I feel like going, Up yours, Frank. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, love him. Um, but yeah, so for me, that was, and the realization for that was there are good days
1: and bad days. You will have shit times. Yeah. Squashing that with alcohol won't help. Yeah. And like I say all the time, you've got to sit in it. You've got to sit in it and feel the feelings. And let them process, let them process in your nervous system. And sometimes it's super icky. It's so, like so yeah. uncomfortable. Worse, sometimes things last three days or more, you know, really yeah. bad things. And then yeah. it, ju- it just does, it settles. And you process it so much better.
0: Yeah. And I've learned that now. That's been, you know, amazing. Like, and I, and I, I do know that when I'm having a bad day, just go to bed tonight and tomorrow will be better. And if tomorrow's not better, the next day will. But alcohol is not going to help any of that. bit of chocolate might help. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm with a
1: little bit of,
0: you know, uh, endorphins or whatever it is that it puts in your brain. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's so much better than, than alcohol. So so that's been part of it too. And it's not like I'm someone who's never had therapy. I've been to a CS psychologist a few years ago. Like I've done a lot of stuff. I've accepted all that. But I, I, I just hadn't really learned how to live with it. Um, and meditation, and journaling, and you know the practice and the work. I, I suppose I don't want people to think that you just quit and everything is amazing because
1: mm. you
0: have to. You have to do something else. You have to supplement the addiction with something else or the you know the habit. I can I, I still refer to it as a dirty habit or the sneaky bitch. Um, mine was a dirty habit, but you know you, you you have to love something else more. You have to get something else more because it makes it so much more viable to, to, to get to, you know, nearly a hundred days. And I've got no doubt that, you know, I'll, I'll get to that 12 month mark and, you know, it, it, but doing all the work you can't, as Lyndall said, and I've said this to a few people, you cannot think your way out of stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Self-will is not enough.
1: Not when you're dealing with something like alcohol or any addiction, really, especially, mm-hmm. um, learn I'm just I kind of always instinctively knew this anyway, but just reading these Gabor Mate books. Yeah. Where he just you you absolutely have to heal something deeper. And so the healing might come later, like like that might come in two years' time. But yeah. setting yourself up a foundation of being open to that as well. So yeah. having the gratitude practice, doing the meditation and mindful thinking get yeah. starts to get you into that state where you can kind of be, and it's okay. Like it's okay to do the healing. The healing doesn't have to be a big, scary thing. It's actually really beautiful and learning to love yourself. Like that self-love session we did that, that sounds wrong. Doesn't it? That kind of (laughs) self-love, but you know, there are podcasts about that. I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's not, this is not that one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, to, to learn to love yourself is one of the, the biggest, things you know sobriety and that can take a long time but there's Mm. all these things that we do that we implement the little baby steps to get towards that and I don't think that you can quit alcohol successfully or quit any addiction or a a band-aid I guess Mm. without doing that work because it will just transfer into something else so it'll transfer onto a sugar addiction or a sex addiction or gambling or shopping or whatever it is definitely and I,
0: it it's really, it's been very, yeah, for me, it's just been, yeah, well, you know, it, it's the, the, the value in it
1: has, you just, I just can't put it into words.
0: It's yeah.
1: Mm. If you were going to talk to someone or offer any advice to someone that was wanting to quit or was sober curious, yeah, what would you say would be one of the, the, the best things or the, the best ways to implement a sobriety journey for someone? What would be the first yeah. steps you'd say to someone? Well, funnily enough, I've just done this. <laughs>
0: Oh, cool. <laughs> but this one um, other mum just said, look, I'm, this was a few weeks ago. I was out and people were drinking and I was there, or they're not the drinking one, having a good time. And she said, you know, I really, really want to do it. How did you do it? And, and I say the same thing to most people. I submerged myself in podcasts. Mm,
1: totally
0: that was, nice. for me, the science behind a lot of it was important as well. Yep. Uh, because there is some really fascinating science behind the you know what what it does to your body what it does mm. to your brain mm. um, the science behind why you do it the science behind why you wake up at 2am like mm. uh, the, the it's it's really fascinating and so all the podcasts for me really gave me a lot of that information and so and that's what i said to her and then i said if to be honest listen to them even while you're drinking <laughs> so if you're yeah. not ready to go could, yeah and i did i listened to lying by the pool and on holiday, listen, having a drink, listening to Danny <laughs> 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 with the intention of yep, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting soon, I'm quitting soon. But I, I just submerged myself in it and I, I made a plan around, um, you know, what, what that would look like during my day, during my week. I, I also was already, before I stopped, starting to think about week one, week two, week three, like I really tried to plan it out a bit and not, and not put expectations on myself. And that's what I said to this other mum. And she said, Oh, great. I'll, you know, I'll, and I, and I obviously recommended you. And I recommended the challenge, which starts in July. Um, and I hadn't heard from her. And then last weekend, she sent me this really long message I'm starting Monday. What tips can you give me? Uh, and she awesome. actually messaged me last night and said, I'm a weekend. This is Friday night. And I said, all right, this is what you do on a Friday night. You know, so it's, that's um probably what I'd say but the other thing that I'd say is start off with little wins
1: mm-hmm.
0: like don't set anything that's impossible I feel like the week my first week I knew that it was going to be a week where I wasn't in my more, normal routine so I set myself up for a win and seven days for me without a drink was a massive win you know yeah. so there's all those little things just you know and, and, and as you know like it took me to I used to still listen to all the, everyone was journaling in the group and Fee, my sober wife. She's a big geek. You know, she's a. Do-
1: hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.
0: everyone's journaling and i'm thinking i've got enough on my plate i don't have time to journal i'm gonna get up and go to the gym i wait full time i'm single mom i don't have time to journal i've got this i've got this and i but i had said to myself sort of through it okay so day 50 you start journaling even if you like it or not because if you you, as you said if it's if you don't want to do it it's probably good for you Mm. so so i did and with that started the meditation so i set myself wins that were achievable yeah um and again found a podcast on that, the science behind that, the more wins you set yourself up for rather than, you know, and I think I've told you the analogy with this guy and, you know, a, he teaches people how to shoot in the, sea, in the military or something in America. Mm. He sets them up really close to the target. So they hit the target and then he takes them back further and further and further with each shot. So by the time they're going for a really long range uh, shot, they get it because mm. it's built on small wins. So there's a lot of, there's a lot, lot of stuff in that. Yeah, Absolutely. And, um, and do what works for you. I told people. I did what you did. I told people I was going to do it and I told my nine-and-a-half-year-old mm. who's, who's been pretty exposed to some different levels of alcoholism over the last few years and I told him. And uh, he's emotionally mature, mature enough to accept it and know what it means and he's, he's loved the journey. Yeah. He's the kids do, proud. don't they? He's super proud. He loves yeah. it it's and it's and real it's and as I said last week and you know when we were talking about in the challenge the last zoom parenting has just become next level yeah and that's not me guilting myself out for you know how I was parenting I know I'm a good mother everyone's a good mother wine doesn't stop you from being a good mother I'm not saying that at all um, but for me and it's probably not just not drinking it's everything it's the joy and the little things
1: mm.
0: you know that that and and we do I've his behavior I've around me has significantly changed. Um, And I enjoy my time with them very differently to how I used to.
1: Mm. So funny too, because there's that point where we think we're being the fun mum. Oh, totally. We (laughs) probably are for an hour. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then after that, and it's also the day after, I guess, and everyone's different Mm. as you say, but Mm. I felt the same. My parenting, you know, I'm by no means a perfect parent now, but yeah, God no, <laughs> I, I feel so much more in tune with with my kids, yes. and it's Definitely. like everything in life, you would start to notice the little tiny nuances in life. Totally, and so that that filters down to your kids, obviously, and so you just you pick up the yeah. little things. You're there for them, you know. Well, and it's and maybe
0: it's because you know, if you've really given alcohol a good nudge, you're kind of becoming a kid again as well, in a way again, the science behind that. But, um, mm. I, I've, I've, you know, I feel like the last four months have been a whole lot of firsts, even though I'm doing everything that I've always done, like even eating an apple. Like, Fuck,
1: who, who grew this apple? It's awesome. <laughs> 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 it tastes good. It's weird. It could be the gratitude practice too because once yeah, you start heavy exactly. on the gratitude practice, you start to notice things in a different yeah. way. Yeah.
0: You're just seeing things in a different colour. Because, yep. you, you know, you only see what you want to see. All, all people, you know, that's what, As you, that, that um, TED talk that you shared with that amazing woman. Uh, Anita Mojani? Yeah, I think so. And she said to the room, she said to everyone in the room, oh, look at everything red and, clo- and, and, then, um, and, and then, you know, then close your eyes. I mean, their eyes are closed. Now what was blue in the room? <laughs> and yeah. no one could tell her because they weren't looking for blue. So, yeah. you know, and, and there's, I've shared with you before, Catherine Gray, she wrote The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober and The Unexpected Joy in The Ordinary was her second book. And now I'm reading her third book, which is The Unexpected Joy in Being Single. Um, all very relevant for <laughs> <laughs> my 2021, 20, but it's so true. You just, the little things that you just didn't have the time or the patience for, you know, particularly at times where you would normally be drinking. I remember there was one Sunday afternoon and I was waiting for our Zoom and I don't often have a lot of time spare in that part of the day. And I used to drink every Sunday afternoon, you know, I'd be a catch up, it'd be a three o'clock drink, whatever, a Sunday session. Um, and I had an hour up my sleeve and I'd had these jars and labels for herbs that I'd been meaning to, you know, redo my herb cupboard since I moved into my new house. And all of a sudden I'm herbing up, jarring herbs and sticking labels and listening to music. And I was having a ball. And I never would have made time for that. Mm. But I did. I was just filling an hour where I normally would have
1: sat down and had a wine. Yeah. You do get you get so much more done. That's just what happens. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So I, And so you're 100 days and you're going to push out to the, the 12 months? Yeah. Definitely. Unreal. I want to interview you again on the 12-month mark. That would be amazing. <laughs> absolutely. To hear how you're going. Absolutely. Hopefully you've got a bigger bath.
0: Yeah. Well, I do now. But that's the thing my new house, I have a big bath. It's huge. You fit the whole I, body in. Uh, not yeah, just the I fit bum. The whole body in. Yep, with the candle and the meditation and the whole kit and caboodle. Gorgeous.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> what I want to ask you. I know that like you were saying you're a bit more resistant to some of the work stuff. Yep, the the spiritual stuff at first. Yeah. And now you're meditating, which I just I'm mm. so stoked. I just yep. like, it's amazing. It. Uh, how just talk to us a little bit about that too. Just you know, how well, I started off with again
0: just small. Um, like I just got initially, I just got you know one of those apps. I started off with just five minutes of breathing. Which app was it? Uh, Relax Melodies. Actually. Relax Melodies. But it's I'll put similar to link. it's similar to Calm, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of the same, you know. With yeah. like those apps. I, I mean, we'd done some meditating, and I had listened to people about meditating. The thought of my brain stopping. It was just hilarious. I I just didn't think that it was capable. Um, I'm a huge multitasker as it is. Initially, I just started off with the five minute ones, and I I planned it for the end of my days because the beginning of my days are really busy. And I don't. I still. I only meditate during the day now. um, Of the morning, if I'm away or if it's a weekend, I'll do it during the day because uh, I've got the time to and I know that I can slow down. I trust that I can slow down a bit. Not that it actually slows you down. Believe it or not, everyone, I meditated before this and listened to how fast I can still talk. So <laughs> it centres it centers, it centers you. It mm. focuses you. I've certainly meditated before going out to social events, before seeing people that I know, you know, it's going to be a bit full on. Um, but I started off really slowly uh, and it just built up. So I journal in the morning. Uh, and I meditate at night. And, uh, and now, I mean, last night I, I was really exhausted Yesterday, I've had a huge week and we were camping the weekend feast last weekend and all of that. And it was my first child-free night in a while and I was knackered and I meditated in the bath and I got out of the bath and I just went into the bedroom and kept meditating. <laughs> so I probably did about 25 minutes and uh, I really needed to though. So, you know, even though I was exhausted, it was, it's become my having a drink. It's become yeah. my, my, my way of, and you do, like, and I've, and I've said to you before, I've just felt like, the, I think after about two weeks, two and a half weeks, I was up to about 10 to 15 minutes. And one night I'd had a shocking day and I was, had Wayne going through my head, shower everyone with love, shower everyone with love. They're someone's son, they're someone's daughter, blah, blah, blah. And um, I meditated that, yeah, on your wine. I meditated that night and I went, oh God, that was good. Oh, something's changed there. Something's actually, and and being such a massive gym junkie, the thought of meditating being the gym for your mind.
1: Yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah, I love. So last
0: night I'm like, wow, my mind must be verging on a six pack. I just did twenty five minutes. This is (laughs) this is sick. (laughs) <laughs> so, again, it was just starting off small. Um, and Fee, same thing. We were she, she didn't really meditate to start with um, either, definitely journaled. And now, you know, a little message how good is meditating? <laughs> again, the damage that drink, drinking on a daily basis does to your prefrontal cortex, um, which for those of you that don't know is the decision-making part of your brain, the front part, it does it's, it's some serious damage to it. And I've always been very good at making decisions. I kind of when i'm meditating i'm thinking is it growing back and i know that it does grow back when you stop drinking and um i feel i the clarity that you get from living alcohol free i feel so much smarter <laughs> i mm. thought it was time you know i thought and I, that's true you do you have so much more time and you know when we wrote down our list of our shit list and our free list i think all of us had freedom because mm. you do you've got time you've got freedom but for me, I'm fucking smarter. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I think I am too. My brain's growing, you know, and, yeah. and thank God because it's time, time, to, time to do it, you know, at, at our age.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right too, it is that you have more time to You have the clarity, I guess, and the more time available you. Like I study, I'm studying all the time. Yeah, I know, it's amazing. There's no way I wouldn't even have time. I was too busy getting trashed before. <laughs>
0: exactly. Study, whatever. One of the things that spurred me on when I had started the new job, there's a lot of cause for innovation and I knew in my heart that if I was drinking, I wasn't going to have that innovation. Mm. Um and I'll be at work and just say something or even last night I was talking to a friend about a business name and was came up with this business name. And I was like, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and so knowing all of that to to you know, it's 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 hard to unknow it. It's hard to it you know, it really is. And people often ask are you going to have a drink again? And I, I say, I'm not gonna say that I'm not because I don't like I, I'm living an alcohol-free lifestyle and that's worked for me. And then they say, well, when are you going to have a drink? And I say, well, certainly not for 12 months, but I've been told that at the 10-month mark, everything gets even better. And if it gets even better than what it is now, then I don't think I'd be able to go back to having a drink. And because I'm not someone I know moderating for me and people can drink moderately. My stepmom's a classic example. She's, she She has a drink now and then. Moderating for me is a is is hard work it's over it's thinking hasn't mm. served me in the past won't serve me in the future i'm all, all or nothing with yeah. a lot of things very capable of seeing the gray in areas but i'm all or nothing and so for me it's not a matter of i will just be able to have one at a wedding i'm kind of like what's the point you know i and knowing that it's not a relaxant knowing that it actually you the way that your body treats um whatever's in the alcohol and there's sodium i can't remember what it's called but um i've heard scientists talk about it you know your body processes it as uh cortisol so you're actually injecting yourself stress, with stress. Mm. and and that explains all of the 2am stuff and and that also explains why even when i was having one or two the next day i'd still feel like shit mm. and it's not it, it's the high blood pressure it's the cortisol it's all that sort of stuff so just knowing all of that and being a fitness person as well I'm like, oh you know i just couldn't It'd be hard to unknow. So I think that's you know a large part of why I said yes to doing the podcast. It's all going to be about hold, holding myself accountable, and and it having that other outlet is really important. When really to be an alcohol free person, you are the odd one out.
1: Yeah, but hopefully we're changing that. Oh, it's, well, we're trendy. Oh, we're so Trust trendy. Trust me,
0: we're totally trendy. Mate, yeah. we are cutting edge.
1: <laughs> I, and so, again,
0: someone else said, you know, I said to someone when I was camping last week, last weekend, I said, you know, I probably know about, you know, outside of my alcohol-free world and companions and the challenge and all the podcast people that don't know that we're friends but we are because <laughs> I listen to them so much. Uh, I said it might just be me and two others right now, but next year that figure will double.
1: Oh, totally. Was it you that's organising the, the meet-up with a yeah. group in Melbourne to go to that alcohol-free bar? Yeah, can't wait. Amazing. Ases, I think
0: it's called. Now we were going to go tonight, but unfortunately it's not open yet. So my sources were wrong, but we're going in May and that'll be great. And particularly for me as well, being single. I mean, I I haven't done much online dating or anything, but I did have an instance and I certainly haven't, you know, this year uh, at all, but I had an instance at one point where someone didn't want to actually see me because I don't drink. <gasps> yeah. And I oh, might
1: wow.
0: be cared. No, But <laughs> still, um, you know, good red flag to avoid him, but I can but you know what I can understand that because if if you are a real drinker you're going to feel uncomfortable you, you could feel uncomfortable and I'd rather flag it now than later but it's actually a thing so you so, said I don't drink yeah I had to I had to I'd I'd been on one <laughs> date sober and I thought I'm never going to do it and not tell them again and even that in itself was hilarious I'd concocted this story about why I don't why I wasn't going to drink that day but I wasn't going to tell them that I didn't drink and oh it was just hilarious um in the end I was just there half an hour and I'm like look this isn't working and I left <laughs> and I thought I'm not going to do that I'm not ready for any of that <laughs> anyway but all, all fun and part of the experiment but yeah so to go to an alcohol free place where you know there are people of like mind will be good and, and there'll be people there that are probably drunk but just not drinking there so who knows anyway but it'll be really interesting and there's quite a few in New York um mm. and they've been quite popular so it'll be cool and
1: then i think we're going to go on to try and do some sober karaoke oh my god uh, i think i'm going to fly down for that night i just yep. have to yeah you do you had me at karaoke <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah yeah so it'll be it'll be beautiful yeah absolutely so one thing can i just ask you one thing that yep. what what sort of stood out to you mostly in the i'm asking this for my own self yeah, what stood it. out mostly to you in the 3 month challenge or that you found the most helpful
0: the most helpful the Facebook group, being on the Facebook group was really helpful, certainly initially. Mm. There was a lot of sharing initially, which was great. Um, and then the sharing became more about quality than quantity, I think, mm. um, and a lot deeper um, mm. as well. But And the Zooms were great as well. Like you'd pretty much, you know, you just knew that you had to commit to that Zoom, particularly in the beginning. Doing it for the 90 days, even if you're someone who's coming in having already had 90 days up their sleeve, um, or you're someone who's got two days up their sleeve, 90 days, you need to break a habit
1: as mm. well. Mm.
0: So, and I think it was a good period of time that you chose. I think 12 months would scare people. Six weeks isn't enough. Eight weeks isn't enough. And I learned that already. But 90 days is the right time. Yeah. Um, it's it, it really just makes the whole experience of living an alcohol-free life a lot easier. and. And possible because honestly, it is. There's two sides of it. Yes, what's what's been surprising is how refreshing it is. There's a lot of people that don't drink that you weren't aware of because mm-hmm. you were drinking. But there is like it's just the way that it's thrown in your face. The uh, there's the, the Facebook every time you open it, there's a meme about why a mum should be drinking, and you know the, it's just everywhere. And the advertising industry, it's just it's just bonkers. You know, like people say, oh, I'm not affected by the advertising with alcohol, well, there's a reason why it's a $60 billion industry or something in the States. It's not because it doesn't work. Mm. I mean marketing. You don't spend that amount of money on something that's not working. Mm. And the alcohol industry and the car industry, specifically in the States, that's that's they're the biggest ones mm. for advertising. So you're surrounded by it all the time and you're told that it's normal and you're told that it's how to cope. So to do the challenge is your for me, it was my only outlet.
1: Mm
0: where I was not alone. Mm. So it's a hundred percent worth it. And as I said, even, and I was saying to this, this mum who reached out to me, I said the next challenge isn't until July. I think she's pretty confident she's going to do it. But I said, but if you start the challenge, you've already got some time up your sleeve. So you'll really even get more out of it. That mm. um, everyone in the group has just done so well and Amazing. Fee sober wife, she was never going to do more than three months. Yeah, um, And her husband has also, you know, taken t- to this alcohol-free lifestyle and we still think it's because he's competing with us, but that's all right. <laughs> but, and now they're looking at a year and everyone's going to do it their own way. Not everyone's results driven as what I am. I'm very goal orientated, but again, the best thing about being alcohol-free is the goals haven't become, become as important as the practice. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Goals are important. I'm Not saying they're not, particularly if you're someone that's driven that way, but it's about the execution. Mm. You've got to get something out of the execution. That's mindfulness. Yeah. And, and I've, I've, you know, to, as much as I'm loving the meditation and I really want to step it up, you know, I want to look at transcendent meditation and all that stuff. I, I do. Mm. I, I know that that'll be part of my journey, but I'm also looking at it from a a like a sports um, athletics point of view. Like there's some um, Emma Murray, who's just amazing. She's Richmond football clubs, high performance mindfulness coach. Some of her podcasts, she talks about mindfulness just throughout the day. And so when mm. I was away over the weekend with a lot of my friends that drink and uh, I, instead of locking away that meditation time, because I was also with my kids, so you can't just you know piss off and meditate down the beach. I was sort of committing to two minutes of something a few times a day. Mm. Yeah, um, and I do I do practice that now, particularly in the car and those sort of places where you're getting really stressed and you're like, oh my god, it's not the guys, the guy in front of you. You don't want him to die. You're not thinking that. <laughs> just because he slammed on his brakes. <laughs> breathe, Kate. That's horrible. Breathe. You know. But it's just more the little things, the little mindfulness ways. And her, her she's you know, when you hear her talk, she's like I just want to share just how mindfulness is just mm. so powerful. Yeah. So that 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 as well with you know, in the group, everyone's meditating. It's all. It's, it's, it's all
1: part of it. So, and I would never have got any of that from doing it by myself. Yeah, absolutely. When we did that week, that mindfulness week, we did where we did the meditation and remember we talked to about those moments throughout the day. So taking yeah. exactly the same, what you're just talking about. Yep. Like, so I'll do this when I'm making a coffee in the morning, like firstly, I'm grateful for my, my coffee, coffee machine <laughs> and for my kettle yeah. and the ground coffee that I've, you know, I'm grateful for all that because yeah very low and the day, electricity that runs yep. the kettle. All right. Right. Like totally. without that, Jesus it'd be hard to have a coffee
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> without gas, you know, like, so all those things that we take for granted. So from yes. just having a moment of being grateful for things as you're going throughout the day, but then also being yeah. mindful of what you're doing. So I'm turning on the kettle. I'm opening the drawer. I'm getting, and you don't have to do it all day long. Absolutely. But, it's you know, doing the dishes, I, I, feeling the water on your skin, feeling yeah. the, the heat of the water, if you are washing them like that, or so just yeah. taking moments throughout the day of just being aware of what you're doing. Exactly. And That's it centers I mean. you and it really gets you out of any, especially when you're up in your head and we're so yeah. in our head and in our mind all the time. So just bring it back down yeah. and being mindful. It's such a great practice.
0: Yeah, all those little things. And when you get out of bed in the morning, just feeling the carpet beneath your toes and yeah. and just taking that moment. And uh, it's just, I mean, Emma Murray is amazing. Her oldest child, Will, um, became a quadriplegic when he was 14. And she was already a mindfulness um, yeah. a coach before that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you can imagine your 14-year-old son's jumped jumped off a pier and he's come out of it fairly alive because he's only drowned and he's a quadriplegic. And all she did when he was in intensive care for that first 48 hours was walk and meditate at the same time.
1: Mm.
0: And he, four years later, he is an amazing person and he, obviously still a quadriplegic. She's led Richmond to three out of four premierships. She's there mindfulness like her. If, and as she said, if she hadn't been a, mind, a mindfulness person prior to that accident, she doesn't even know how she would have coped. Um, mm. And that that's the power of the mind. And I've spent a long time saying, Oh, the mind's a powerful thing the mind's a powerful thing, the mind is a powerful thing and now I'm really saying it.
1: Also, if, you, if you're if you more mindful, then you're thinking about it. So you're not just in a reactive state. Yeah. And to live in reaction, that's when we do just grab a drink, like we're stressed. I'm, I'm stressed. Oh, I'm going to get a drink and yeah. drink it and then drink another one. And we're yep. just in this state of reactivity. Yeah where if you get into a state of mindfulness, you'll stop to think about it before you get that drink and, and think of like, okay, well, why am I having this? Why would I want this? What's it going to do to me? Yep. Am I going to end up making a you know stupid phone call? You just yep. you start to think about it rather than just react. Absolutely. And especially Enjoy. when you're stressed. So I've been going through a little a bit of a stressy time the last few weeks. Lately, I'm staying down here in Torquay. I'm walking out to Bell's beach or walking, you know, out there and back. Normally I've always got something on in my ears. I'm always listening to a podcast or an audio book, but I decided at this moment while I'm going through emotional stuff to not. Yes. So I'm walking. And at first I felt a bit like weird walking without listening to something. But I thought, no, I'm going to walk and be mindful. So I'm being mindful of, you know, what I'm smelling, what's going on in my body, the trees, you know, and looking at the trees yep. as though they're not t- trees, that they're beings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Taking Take the label the off, off the trees. <laughs> Oprah talks about that, in Eckhart. Um, yeah. <laughs> so doing all that, and then coming back from my walk, and I feel so clear. So it's like a mind, it's like walking meditation, I guess. Yeah, and definitely. I, I couldn't recommend that more if you're feeling stressed out to actually disconnect from everything and go out for a walk and be really mindful on that yeah. walk. Yep. So good. Definitely.
0: I didn't quit drinking because of everything that was going on in my life. I quit drinking because of or you chose to live an alcohol free lifestyle because it wasn't I wasn't reacting to things the right way and I knew that. Yep. I wasn't and I've and I've always been very independent and very um, capable. Uh, I've I've never been someone who isn't doesn't own their shit mm.
1: um
0: but i wasn't owning it because i was relying on the bottle so you know that's where becoming the reaction and so and so couple couple not drinking with mindfulness every day is you know there's some quote about you know every you're not drinking you know every day the challenges that you present you that present to you you're excited about by because they're not you know, I'm not, not going to say you're always going to be happy and I'm not going to say that there's not challenges that aren't terrible. Um, but those ones become far more, you become far more capable of dealing with those better when you're not reacting at all the shitty little challenges that, mm. you know, that, 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 that really aren't challenges because you overcome them. Yeah. I was listening to a, to a, a podcast where a guy was, um, he was a hardcore drinker and he'd had a pretty, pretty rough life and he had, uh, he, I don't think he'd had a drink for three years at this stage, and he said, by living an alcohol-free life, I've chosen happiness over instant pleasure. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that really resonated with me because the, you know, the, the high that you get from having half a bottle of wine with a friend and seeing people and the little things, when you're drinking, it's the little boring things that become so much more interesting. Mm. So you're trying to, I was, you know, and so those pleasure moments, I'm not saying that you don't have pleasure because of course you still do, but rather than chasing it, Mm. I've swapped it for
1: just some pretty damn good bout of happiness. Yeah, absolutely. And it's more constant. It's more meaningful, you know, to sit there if you're stressed and to sit and go and meditate and sit with yourself Mm. is so much more rewarding and, yeah it makes you feel so good you get and it and it it carries on throughout the day. it's not just this momentary pleasure yeah no and i'm a look i i'm a bit i'm a bit lucky i'm a morning person
0: i love i've always loved the mornings um back to when I didn't used to wake up with a hangover every day, and so I just love the mornings i just every night that's what spurs me on and you know in the morning- i literally I'll have my, I'll, I'll get up in the morning, I'll jump in the car, I'll drive to F45 or I'll go out for a run or a walk or whatever. And I just, I always have that little moment. I'm like, fucking love the mornings. I love this. Like, you know, and I do have that little moment. And I know that it's not going to be like that at five o'clock and i will be yeah. a bit different. Yeah. But just that, that's, that's my pleasure point now.
1: <laughs> and also when you're up at five, cause I'm a morning person too. And I love getting out there in the morning and you just yeah. get to be that little bit more smug when yeah. <laughs> you're not hungover as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. You do. You do. You get a little smirk to yourself. Yeah, I get
1: that quite a bit. I suppose it's a half smile, isn't it? (laughs) It's a little, yeah, the half smile. Um, So, Okay. I just want to say to everyone listening this week, if you're a bit sober curious, if you're uns- you know you're unsure, if you're trying not to drink at the moment, what we were saying about the mindfulness before, I'd really recommend if you're feeling triggered or feeling really stressed about something, just take a moment, take what I call, a, we do this in the challenge of double up breath, where you breathe in for four and out for eight, let your nervous system settle for a moment before you react. And just think about it. Think about that drink before you you know, the sneaky bitch starts telling you just one, just one. It's never just one. I can guarantee everybody that you might have just one now, but it'll be two, you know, (laughs) in a few more days time. So just take a moment and be mindful, be aware. So have some conscious awareness around the drink and just thinking about it and just think, what is it actually going to do for me? What's another way that I can make myself feel good. And as Lyndall shared with us, you know, at the 20 last 20 minutes, that craving which yeah. is
0: spot on because in the beginning, and as you know, a lot of us got alcohol-free wine, alcohol-free beer, um, just to have there for, lo- for those moments. And it's not always recommended, but it can work. And there's from, from what I've been watching on the news, there's a pretty big industry behind it now too. But, um, you know, I, if I really, really, really was craving something, um, I would just have one alcohol-free wine. And the funny thing is, A, just you know, it's not as good, but it's pretty bloody close. But B, I wouldn't want another one after that because yeah. there's no alcohol in it to addict me. It yeah. was the, it was the romance behind it, you know, like, cause it's still for me, something about pouring a wine, you know, and as you say, you know, go and get the nice glassware and do this and do that, which absolutely I do. And, now I'm just like, you know, why would I buy fake alcohol or, you know, why would I, unless I was in an, alcohol, an alcoholic fueled environment mm. um, or beautiful, you know, Monday Distillery is beautiful and um, there's a few other ones that are really nice. Now if I really feel like a drink, if I'm really struggling, I have an alcohol-free beer because it's the only thing that really does taste the same, um, mm. that would be on a hot day. Mm.
1: But otherwise
0: the lime and soda just does it and I put it in the nice glass. Or if mm. I go somewhere and they offer me a drink, I say water in a wine glass, please. Mm. Like the 20 it's the 20 minute craving is a thing it doesn't stay in it and then, and then it just dissipates
1: it really does it does yeah. if you can just say just take yeah just take that moment and just get into your alcohol-free drink whatever that is yeah. even if it is water just yeah. get straight into that and you know just take a moment take a few breaths you'll be yeah. fine you exactly. know I think absolutely. We came to a friend's house, this house who I'm recording this podcast in at the moment, we came here for dinner the other night and Jason, our our friend, had bought this slab of those heaps normal beers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And um, I hadn't tried those before and they were beautiful. Ash had a couple and the same thing, he only ever has two and then he's sort of done. It's interesting. He didn't touch any alcohol-free beers in the first little, I think it was, geez, well over a year before he had one
0: but it was, wasn't probably like you guys were early. Do you know what I mean? Cause that was what three years ago. So there wasn't
1: as much, but yeah. once he did do the alcohol, cause we talk about this a lot. Um, I'm not so into the alcohol free wine. I can't do that. Cause I think it would trigger yeah. me, but yeah, Ash, Ash has got a real, you know, like, like he says, you know, I just decided it was easy. That was it. Yeah. And yeah. he's got this very, clear <laughs> cut way of looking at things. So when he, he knows, he says, I like beer. I like the taste of beer. Yeah. Like alcohol. Yep. So he doesn't see it as an alcohol. He sees it as a beer, Yep. It has no alcohol in it, and yes. that's it. And yes. he doesn't cross the line. He doesn't. So I think some people who are drinking it, they kind of might still be expecting something and yeah. that can trigger them maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think,
0: uh, yeah, and, and look, everybody, everybody really is different. Um, but I know a lot of people that did FebFast um, and got through on the alcohol-free beer. Mm. Uh, and again, I don't drink beer a lot, but it, when it's been a hot day and so... Uh, and Fees found the same thing with the alcohol-free beer. It's probably been the one thing we've done. In saying that, I've also been doing, trying to save a lot of money. So there's some really good alcohol-free options out there. I just think I could spend sixty bucks on a bottle of that, or I could go and get a massage. <laughs> <laughs> Frugal, massage winning. You know, and, and it's funny because there was a time where you know had, I, I, I laugh about how much I spent. You know, as well. But but yeah. So mm. there's a whole... There's a there's so as I said at the beginning um, of this chat, the, there's so many tools out there now mm. to, to do it. And it's, there's a reason for that. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, yeah, I, I really, I take my hat off to people who were able to, you know, live alcohol free before online and before mm. Instagram. And, you know, oh, I, I, I can't even think technology is, you know, there's a lot of downside of screen time. We all know that, mm. but <laughs> fuck, there's a lot of good stuff that comes with it as well. Yeah, um, and this is certainly one of them.
1: Yeah, the support, the online support's actually incredible. There's so many amazing, oh, amazing. people, and pretty much everyone out there. Like you, you, you know, you message them, and they'll message you back. You know. Oh. I, I've got messages back from everyone, including Nathan
0: Kay. <laughs> oh, Nathan, he's a legend. <laughs> I had to thank him for his podcast because it really resonated with me, particularly what he said about spiritual change. Like you just mm. have this spiritual change. I'm like, oh, God, wanker, woo-woo. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, I'm having that spiritual change. That <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, people message you back, you know, it's, and they recognise that there's a community there that's, that's really, that needs to be
1: um, heard and seen and seeing outside of yourself and being able to help people is a really big thing as well so a lot of sober people want to help other sober people because it Mm. it reinforces it for them it makes them feel good but you being just to be of service and to have that you know just to feel good and just to yeah it's it's great so a lot of people actually do want to help so you know reach out to anyone like um greg the booze free dad he's really open to people oh god i wish you know i don't want to be someone that puts things on people but gee
0: there's a few people that i just love to go oh you need to listen to this podcast greg's one i just gee that's a common theme or story out there and i yeah. yeah he's he's he's, he's amazing he's, His his story is great yeah
1: that was a good that was a good one <laughs> yeah definitely I need to go because I'm taking yes. my beautiful dad down <laughs> the great ocean road today. So I'm actually works. got this beautiful house um, looking over the ocean in lawn and I'm oh, going to go amazing. buy some beautiful Monday distillery drink. I'm not yeah. just saying that because they're the sponsor, but I do love their drinks. So yeah. i stock up on them and um, go have a beautiful time away. Looking forward beautiful to that. Time. I'm just going to say one thing before I go, apart from mm.
0: if you really do want to do the challenge guys, I cannot recommend it enough. And that's not because Danny did not ask me to say that. <laughs> um but I was listening you later Kate to, no worries uh <laughs> I was listening to a podcast this morning it was absolutely amazing and he said something and I thought wow how timely he was speaking uh on behalf of this guy who was a paraplegic um and the paraplegic guy won a medal or something and he said everybody has two lives and your second life begins when you realize you only have one and wow. that what podcast was that maybe it was world without wine or it was one of the honestly I'll have to have a look at my phone
1: mm. um
0: but I was cleaning and I, and I thought god that's timely but it really is that's how I feel now so
1: thanks Danny. yeah thank you thank you for coming on and doing this today pleasure and you're amazing pleasure. yes and anyone who wants to is thinking about it we've got a I've got another three-month challenge starting on the 1st of July so that can be a good uh, starter for Dry July. Absolutely, perfect. And um, it's—I'll put links in the show notes, or you can go to iquitalcohol.com.au to sign up. And anyone's welcome, unless you're a dickhead, don't bother. No <laughs> dickheads, please. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. yeah, awesome. Thanks, Have Kate. Have a great time away. I will. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye.